I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and a very warm welcome from Barangaroo Studios. This is The Call, 10 stocks picked by you, two experts and one hour. I'm Amber Sherlock. It is great to have you with us today. First up, our two experts on the show here for the full hour is Junbei Lu from Tribeca. She joins us over Skype. And in the studio with me today is Adam Dawes from Shaw and Partners. A big thank you for joining us, both of you. I'm looking forward to a great hour ahead. Let's take a look at a little preview of our first five stocks of the day. We are going to look at Atlantic Lithium, Next Gen Energy, Aura Energy, Suncorp, and Ara Fura. They're the top five for today. But first, let's take a look at the stock of the day, which is Link Administration Holdings. Now, in the news today, supergiant Hester is dropping its contract with Link Administration to provide fund administration services and switching to Grow Incorporated, leaving a potential $48 million hole in group revenue from financial year 25. Now, Hester plans to transition out of the second quarter by financial year 25, but Link shares have tanked today. Let's go first to you, Jun. What would you do with Link Shares given this news? Buy, hold, or sell? Look, for me, um, Link is too early to touch. Um, I would say it's a sell. Um, it, it does look, but this is just another uh, in addition to the sale process they just made recently. So earnings down quite significantly. Um, uh, also, another thing is that um, you know this is a business that for a very long time the, the investors has been wondering, um, you know, competitive advantage, um, and um, you know does that mean that the margin that's been charging has to come down? And clearly, uh, with this move, it's going to shake in the future forecast uh, for many other contracts. Look, it is very cheap, but it's uh, perhaps your capital is better elsewhere. Um, Adam, do you mm-hmm. agree with what Jin said? Uh, yeah, so certainly Link has been really, really tough lately. And I guess anything in administration is obviously going to be a little bit tougher. But Link's share price over the last uh, 12 months is, is down about 50%. So like it's, it's, it's really, uh, it, it's really yeah, been, been a horrible sort of year for Link. And probably one that they want to put behind them. Certainly Pexa was another one of those deals that they did but didn't actually go through. And then they've got some issues also in the UK with some fund managers. And I don't know if that has been sorted out as well. So yeah, I, I'm agreeing with Jumbei. I think uh, it's a sell and I would put money elsewhere. I think that's probably the best call. Okay, it's a double sell from Jumbei and Adam today for our stock of the day, which is Link Administration Services. All right, well, let's get right into it. Our first stock of the day picked by one of our viewers, Ray, and it's Atlantic Lithium. Now the company has a portfolio of lithium projects in Ghana and on the Ivory Coast. Uh, let's go back to Adam. <laughs> what do you think of Atlantic Lithium? Thanks for giving me the good one. <laughs> start with hey you are very yeah. welcome okay so i can't i can't go looking at any resource statements over you know the last month or so if there's 10 resource statements coming out eight of them are lithium it's just it's the hottest topic again at the moment in the market and that that has really sort of done <clears throat> very well Obviously, and Jimbei will agree with me on this one, that we would stay within the quality versus the uh, producers or the explorers, sorry, the explorers. And it looks like Atlantic Lithium is one of those ones that is an explorer going forward. Obviously, initial assay results that they've come out um, haven't been too bad. And it's certainly, look, it's done well from the share price. It's sort of holding its own here. But overall, the investment thesis is, is that there's got to be some more upside to their mine life and the resource base. And really, um, you need to, there's some byproducts that these guys can have. So that, you know, I think that's okay. The problem is, I think, overall, the risk is that it is, I think, in Africa, I think it is. So 
I would be very cautious uh, being in um, these licensed areas. Ghana where, and Ivory Coast. Yeah, Ivory Coast. So I'd be cautious in that area. As we know, governments have previously, when they see very large deposits being mined, they can basically go in and take those deposits out. And that leaves the good old Australian shareholder with nothing. And so I'm always cautious about that. So for me, uh, it would be not, I, I wouldn't be going into this one until we get some more production updates and then they can sort of talk to us. So yeah, it'd be an avoid from me. Not an avoid, not a buy, but an avoid, Jun That's Bay. right. We, we've got you... plenty of ways to talk All right. about ourselves. Don't worry. Um, Jun Bay, do you agree with Adam that, uh, yeah, it's, it's an avoid? Uh, look, absolutely. Uh, I think, you know, we're on the same page there. Uh, it's something, you know, very risky and it's not yet a mine. So, um, and uh, and it certainly seems like, based on the latest report, that are probably running out of funding as well. Um, so, hence, the share price is uh, struggling. Um, if you want to... We believe lithium has a real factor, um, you know, with the demand for the EPS like and more China rolling out more stimulus. So I do think that's a good spot to be, but do not stay, go to those early stage speculative ones. Buy the larger ones, buy PLS, buy IGO. Much better left that front. Um, just say you did have shares in Atlantic Lithium now, what would you do with them? I would sell it. Yeah, okay, definitely a sell. All right, and I think your dog agrees with you. Did I hear in the background a few barks there? You get the dog up and they can do the stock calls. Yeah, 100%. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's a great idea. All right, well, let's move on to our second stock of the day, which is Next Gen Energy, a stock picked by our viewer, Len. Now, Next Gen is a Canadian company developing low-cost uranium. Uh, let's go back to you, John Bay. What do you think of Next Gen? Buy, sell or hold? Yeah, look, I, I, I'll probably stick with the buy on this one. Um, our team do like this one. Uh, it's a very good quality company, uh, has a very good mine um, uh, in Canada and very high um, And, um, you know, if, you, if you're in, in, in our, um, you know, our thinking is that it's probably going to be a very important part of the, um, you know, whether this like um, this company is very well placed. So, yeah, we'll put that. Yeah. We've got a bit of an audio problem, Jun Bay. We can't quite hear you. Look, I'll go to Adam while we try and fix your audio and we'll come back to you, I promise. Um, Adam, next gen, yeah. what do you think? Well, I'm agreeing with Jun Bay. I think this one is one of the ones if you're in the uranium space and the uranium space is definitely hotting up at the moment. Obviously, and I'll talk about the uranium space, then we'll talk about the stock, but the uranium sector has really come back into its own after post-Fukushima. And obviously utilities are now buying back uranium at a large volume or large term of contracts. And we expect that the uh, uranium price will go from sort of $60 a pound to 80 US dollars a pound by 2025, which is a huge increase where it's sort of currently sitting at the moment. So I think that the demand is growing again. I think that there's significant structural issues that have been overcome in the uranium space, as well as the spot uranium market is certainly now starting to move in the right direction. We're gonna talk about another small uranium stock um, in, in, in a sec, but um, the governments are now starting to look at uranium as a way to be green energy. Now you probably don't think it is green energy, but there certainly are. Uh, Next Gen is one of those ones that is going to, they've got finance to their construction uh, side of things. They've got feasibility studies to, to, to move through, but it is going to be one of the largest uranium deposits in the world. Okay. So it actually uh, sits up really well for us. There is a problem with liquidity. It doesn't have a lot of liquidity in there. And you saw that chart before, with sort of sort of big squared lines, that, that kind of thing. Um, it, that means that it doesn't trade a lot. So you just got to be a little bit careful when you get into this one. But I think overall, it's a cracker of a story. If you're going to be in the uranium space, this is the one to be in. Great. Jun Bay, we did, say, we did hear that you said it was a buy, but um, we didn't hear much after that. So I will return to you so we can hear what you have to say. Uh, I hope you can hear, hear me now. Can I can. Hear? This is good. Uh, <laughs> Uh, it's a buy. There's nothing to be said. It's a high score, high score, very high quality, um, uh, great, and uh, you know, you know, more geographic uh, zone. Uh, and and uh, if you want to be in uranium, this is a place to be. Okay. Well, it's a double buy from Jun Bay and Adam. So we've had a. F Everyone's in agreement today. Happy Friday. We're never usually. We're <laughs> never, never usually. Like well, we've still got seven no. stocks to go. We go. 
party very soon. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, well, let's take a look at our third stock of the day. It's Aura Energy. It's been chosen by our viewer, Ezra. It is an Australian-based minerals company that has made uranium and polymetallic projects with large resources, once again, in Africa and Europe. Bit of a theme here today. Uh, Jun, is Aura Energy a buy, sell or a hold? <laughs> For me, it's uh, it, it's a sell. I, I'd stay away from the early stage ones, except a couple of really high quality, high grade ones like the next gen that we talked to before. So uh, for me, sell. Um, I'd much rather diversify into whether the large ones or high grade ones. Okay, Adam, uh, is this where you're going to disagree with Jun? Or are you gonna uh, agree? No, no, I'm going to be with. I'm with her. The reason why Aura Energy really hasn't done so well is that they're in Europe, but they're also in Sweden. And Sweden has basically come out and said that they um, previously have said that they're going to um, get rid of uranium mining altogether. Uh, and so they've now pivoted a little bit where Sweden has dumped their renewables target as it seeks more nuclear power. So they're starting to come forward with this. There's too much risk at this one down here because the government, again, can certainly turn this around and certainly, um, you know, you, you, you'd be holding the bag on this if if the Swedish government says no, because it's, pre, uh, it's pretty much one of their biggest deposits there. Okay. So if the Swedish government does change their mind and does allow mining, then yes, absolutely, you'd be buying this one. You'd miss out on the first five, maybe 10% upside, but then you've pretty much got uh, a very good deposit, certainly something that uh, is very, very good quality, but they just can't get access to it. So I'd be cautious on this one. I'm going to say it's a hold because potentially the Swedish government might change their mind. Yep. But it's a long, long road if they don't. So I'd just be cautious. And you have to have that risk. You have to understand that risk. And then from there, you should be okay. So it'd be a hold for me. Certainly a buy if the Swedish government does change their mind on uranium mining. Okay, a sell from Bay and a hold from Adam on Aura Energy. All right, let's move on to our fourth stock of the day. As picked by our viewer, Bruce. And Bruce wants to know about Suncorp, which is, of course, one of Australia's largest financial service brands, offering home and car insurance as well as life insurance and banking. Adam, what's your take on Suncorp at the moment? Yeah, okay. So there's a couple of things that are moving around with Suncorp. At the moment, ANZ is looking to buy their banking division and potentially that is going to be amazing for Suncorp shareholders because they're going to get a massive return on capital because Suncorp is a bank as well as an insurance business. So Hopefully that continues to go through. I did hear some murmurs that it's not going to go through. Yeah, there was something in the news today. Yeah. There was speculation that it might not. That's right. So does that change my investment thesis? Potentially, I don't like insurance businesses, yeah. okay? Uh, IAG, I've really never invested in. QBE, I've always got burnt and never really done well in also. So as a pure insurance play, I'm really not that excited about yeah. it as far as Suncorp. If they do keep the bank, well, yeah, absolutely. I really like Suncorp for that. However, it will come under some pressure because it looks like the share price is definitely rallying on the back of that being sold yep. and then a capital return back to shareholders and things like that. So I, I think overall ACCC is one that we've got to be careful of because if the ACCC says no and their determination is expected on the 28th of July, we then get some more clearer uh, as if the bank's going to be sold or not going to be sold. So I think you've just got to be careful with this one. I think as a business, Suncorp is fantastic because it's diversified, got lots of uh, lots of things in there. If the bank does go, I'd be a, I'd, I'd be a seller of it. But again, um, only time will tell. 28th of July is probably the next time to look at it. So what do you want me to say? Hold, buy, hold, hold or sell? Uh, <laughs> a hold until the 28th of yeah, July? Yeah, I think we hold it until you, you get some determination. And obviously, once the ACCC comes out, then we've got to go further down the line. But the ACCC might say, okay, you've got to get rid of these banks in Queensland. You've got to get rid of these uh, A and Z. You've got to sell these to whoever uh, so that there's not less in competition. That's what the ACCC is all about. So, yeah, it'll be a big determination and it will certainly affect the share price after that. But I think you'd hold it and wait to see what the outcome is. Okay, 28th of July is on Adam's diary right now for a possible decision about Suncorp. Junbei, what are your thoughts? Suncorp is a hold. Um, I agree. The next catalyst is the announcement. Um, I'm saying that this is 
may not go through. And I do think the share price perhaps will fall high single digits when it does come through. And I present pretty good buying opportunity uh, when that does happen. Um, Suncorp has benefited quite a bit from, um, you know, the rising uh, commercial yield, like, rising prices literally across the, uh, the insurance land and supply. Uh, um, and the natural disasters provision hasn't been too bad. So um, probably a hold, um, you know, the, the, it's banking system, it, banking business is going to uh, go through some tough environment now in the next couple of months. So, you know, so you will see a bit of a disappointment that deal that go through. Uh, I would say shareholder in there sort of waiting for that capital return. Okay, a hold from Jun as well. All right, well, let's move on to our next stock, which is Arafura Resources. It's an Australian mineral exploration company focusing on rare earth elements. Uh, Junbei, what's your take on Arafura? Look, I just think it's really tough. We're too tough. Rare earth, we like rare earth. We think it's very strategic outside China, um, but there are you know many other alternatives you can invest in um, for rare earth um, liners, which is the pure um, and um, you know, but in, in the future, you'll even have iLuca uh, exposure. So there's really no need to spectrum the risk spectrum to go there. It's a sell for me. Um, much rather to be in the larger, more established. Um, Adam, do you agree? Yeah, I, a sell I, from for Arafura. Yeah, I mean, just looking at that chart, if we can pull it back up again, you know, it, it's been going south for a while yeah. now, and it, it it really doesn't look great. And and you know, what what's going to step in its way to sort of stop? That, uh, that bleed, I guess, in the share price. But the, there is some support there from the Canada. Uh, from Canada. We have seen that GE Renewables has given them a, um, a not, yeah, see, so look at that chart. I mean, it looks like there's a bit of support there at 30, 30, 28, but from its highs of 63 down, it just looks like it's gonna continue to be sold off. So I, I'm, I'm with Jumbay, I don't think you need to be there. Stay in the larger cap. But the GE is giving them some renewable, some non-binding offtake agreement, which is gonna, going to give them around about 1.6 billion in debt funding support. But again, um, you know they're gonna need a, a fair bit uh, of capital to get this thing up and running. And just looking at that share price, I think you're better placed elsewhere. Okay, so it is a sell, a sell. from you yeah, as well. Too speculative. You've been in agreement today. For, I know. Yeah, I know. I know. Look at this. Let's let's uh, sum, let's summarize yeah, the first exactly, five stocks and the stock of the day. Um, okay, so first we t- took a look at Link Administration Holdings. Uh, Junbei said sell. Adam also said sell. So agreement there. And then our number one of the first stock of the day was Atlantic Lithium. Uh, Jun said sell. Adam, lithium is the hottest topic. It is an explorer, not a a buy, perhaps an avoid. Wasn't really an option, but I gave it to you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Then we went to Next Gen Energy. Uh, Jun said a buy. Adam said a buy. The uranium sector is really coming back uh, into its own. Expect a huge increase in price. Demand is growing, um, but there is a bit of a problem with liquidity, but still a buy. We moved on to Aura Energy. Uh, Jun said a sell uh, there. Adam said a hold. So change be be cautious with the Swedish government Um, if that's overcome then maybe it would be a buy but just a hold until we wait and see what is happening with that Uh, moving on to Suncorp but Junbei said a hold Um, Adam also said a hold we know about the bank arm of it Uh, maybe wait to the 28th of July so a bit over uh, well less than a month actually we'll know um, about the insurance and the bank business you don't generally like insurance businesses Mm. but if it keeps the bank then perhaps it will be okay and then lastly uh, Arafura June and Junbei and Adam both said sell so there was definite agreements with that are you Junbei, do you agree with me? Is that everything you, you thought? <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's right. Absolutely. Now the tide is about to turn. Let's see the second half. All right. <laughs> well, <laughs> the call is tracking our own high conviction fund, which is picked by our investment committee. Uh, the latest episode of committee meeting is live for you to watch at osbiz.com. Let's check in with that portfolio update. Now, going into June, South 32 was replaced by Altium. Woodside Energy was removed. Its weighting of 3% was split between CSL, uh, Linus and West Farmers. Uh, Elders was removed. Its weighting was split between the newly added Avita Medical and RPM Global Holdings. So if we take a look at how this portfolio is performing, so far it is 5.95% on a cumulative return basis since its inception on the 1st of March in 2022. So not bad there. 
Uh, keep sending in your requests and keep the call switched on to see which stocks our committee will be looking at next. All right, we have the next five stocks of the day. We're going to be looking at Westpac, uh, Pilbara Minimal Minerals, Toys R Us, Qantas and Computer Share. So some pretty big ones there to wrap our heads around. Uh, let's start with Westpac. It's picked by our viewer Taylor. Now, a lot of investors would have Westpac in their portfolios. Um, Junbei, what do you think of Westpac at the moment? Buy, hold or sell? Look, at this point, it does look like it's more of a hold, um, but you do have to keep a very close eye on what's happening in the economy. Banks are not the great place to be. We are heading towards a recession or a slowdown. Um, because, you know, banks are very leveraged. Um, they gear up many times, um, and if the economy slows down, they will be, um, you know, quite exposed. Um, the, the earnings have topped for all the banks. I think Buffer, um, you know, long, uh, sort of, uh, you know, uh, the consumer is fierce, and the borrowing cost uh, or the funding cost for the banks is going higher as well. And don't, over the next 12 months, there's, there's a quite a significant funding that they need to raise, uh, perhaps from offshore market to pay back. Uh, remember the cheap funding that the government gave them during the pandemic. So, you know, things are going to be a little bit harder, but it's very high dividend yield. So, it's more of a hold, um, but you do, you know, if the economy slows down quite significantly, um, the banks in some way you do need to be cautious of. Okay, Adam, what do you think? Yeah, so the banks are really tough at the moment. Like ex exactly what Jumbo said, the net interest margin peaked in October, November last year, and that was the best it was ever going to get. And now that net, inter net interest margin has now started to come down. Now we've got inflation coming through and we've got wage pressure certainly coming through as well. And that wage inflation is going to keep upward cost on pressure on costs going forward. Now, one of the big things that the banks have tried to do over the last decade is to make themselves more IT focused, to make themselves more app focused. And I've got Commonwealth Bank app and it's really great. I can transfer money and all those kinds of things. So I don't need to go into a branch. They've been closing branches down and that's fine. But they've been trying to make themselves the IT specialist or in, in that field. Now, I think CBA is definitely a leader there. Westpac has done very, very well. But it means that the costs are going to go higher to make sure that these IT, so they can keep up with the rest of the world. And so, you know, all of those costs are going to uh, take pressure on the margins as well as those staff costs. So they'll get productivity benefits from it, but also then they've got to be offset by those costs rising. So again, it becomes a neutral sum game with the banks because they'll always make money and that's their job to make money. But they've really now, all, all the banks are, are mortgages and deposit takers. That's mm -hmm. pretty much what they do. The Royal Commission in the Banking Royal Commission, which is four years ago now, it seems like it was only yesterday, <laughs> four years ago now, where it basically said uh, banks have to get out of all of these risky assets. They're not allowed to be... Um, doing investment choices or doing IPOs, these kinds of things. So the bank shed all of their really good, fun, money-making uh, adventures to now become pretty boring, which is a deposit and a mortgage book. But you say costs are rising and yet they're closing banks. So they have less staff theoretically because the IT and out those apps are doing the work for them. Yes. So surely there's cost savings in that. Yeah, but wages are going up 5%. Plus, and they have to, they can't not pay their staff, and they have to keep up with inflation. And so, that I think that that core pressure is still going in there. They're keeping some of those stores, which I think in the country and things like that, that's mm -hmm. part of the community. And I think it, you know, they need to have that. But I can't remember, and I'll ask you, when was the last time you actually walked into a bank? Yeah, a very long time ago, yeah. probably when I worked. <laughs> there you go, Commonwealth Bank, yeah? yeah? Yeah, you probably walked into that. So, yeah, I, 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 so you just don't need them in the cities or, or whatever. Everyone's got internet and everything's fine. I think out in the community and in the country, they need it because it's part of the community. And there's a lot of older people that still can't use or don't trust mm. online apps and the internet and those kinds of things as well. But those costs are rising and it does affect their net interest margin or their profitability. And at the moment, they're really um, pretty boring. So, And is this to say that the big four, you, you would comment the same for all four of them? Or is where does Westpac sit? Yeah, so I, I think for me, I, I'm and Jumbo will disagree with me on this one, but I think Commonwealth Bank mm -hmm. is the best bank and I will always be happily buying. Even at $100, I'm comfortable to buy in Commonwealth Bank. It is the best 
and when when you're investing in the market, you always invest in the leader versus the number one. Two, uh, sorry, the two, three, and four. Of right. So it's Macquarie and Commonwealth Bank are the two favourites. I think ANZ is my is my second or third in there because ANZ is moving into Asia. They're doing a lot more sort of growth orientated side of things, and then Westpac and NAV are probably an even third and fourth for me. But you know, if a client's got Westpac in their portfolio, I'm not selling that to buy you know, Commonwealth Bank or whatever, I'm not yeah. switching it because really, you know, they've had it for a long time. They've, they've obviously got some history with it. Most of the banks will do okay, but Commonwealth Bank and Macquarie are the top two. So I mean. hold if you've got it in your portfolio. Yeah, I mean, yes. I mean, trying to get a client to sell the banks is absolutely impossible. Yeah. Like, absolutely. They've, they've No, my mother on her deathbed told me <laughs> never to sell Westpac. And it's like, all right, okay. well, I can't, well, well, what can I do? But yes. um, yeah, we're not, yes. And we're not certainly switching out because I think that just creates brokerage and that's not what the look is that we want to give. Yeah. But, um, you know, you still hold your banks, but potentially reducing some of that. I think is is wise. They do do buybacks and all those kinds of things, and that's how you can reduce your positions in a better way than just selling it on the market. Uh, Jumbe, do you disagree with Adam on uh, his rankings there? <laughs> he liked Macquarie and CBA, then ANZ and Westpac and NAB sort of coming up at the end there. What are your thoughts? Look, I think Macquarie, absolutely number one. Uh, with the uh, Commonwealth Bank, look, in other times I would agree, especially, you know, tough environment is when you... Uh, Meant to be uh, Commonwealth Bank, but the problem uh, in the last couple of years, they've done so well in terms of winning their mortgages and the like. So then, the, 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 this is where the, a lot of problem is. So in the next next four month, I think CBA for the ones that actually grew well is going to actually have quite a bit more um, exposure to that sort of slowdown. Um, so I, yeah. you know, uh, and it's on the lower dividend yield as well. So for me, um, I probably have uh, will be standing with the you know low quality one, which is ANZ. Uh, quite frankly, they didn't quite benefit from uh, in the last couple of years. So now suddenly they have this bigger exposure to business bank. So they're doing a bit better than the rest of them. Uh, so next 12 months, I think you know ANZ and Macquarie's top, um, you know CBA somewhere in the middle, and Westpac is lower down. Uh, uh, Jumbei, I mean uh, you've got a long short fund. Are you shorting any of the banks at the moment? Yeah, absolutely. Underway. I actually think NAB is where there's a little bit more um, exposure, and then the regional banks. I think they yeah. would be doing very, very, very tough. Um, I think Bank of Queensland is going to be a tough environment. Agreed. Um, and the thing is, it's it's too cheap now. It's you know, it's a it's at a discount to book, so there's there's quite a lot of risk for share price to move um, mm. higher. Right. Um, but I think you know, just like the, the likes of Bendigo and uh, these. And the next month, be very hard. Do you agree with Adam that it's very, very hard to get investors to sell bank shares? <laughs> Look, for me, if I want to sell, I sell it. investors, okay, sure. um, <laughs> it's incredibly difficult. Um, they get very sentimental with their bank, and their bank has done well for them. Particularly, CBA has done incredibly well. Okay. Um, that's why you want to, over the long term, be with the market leader. Uh, other banks, but most of them have all those banks for yeah all right well let's move on to our seventh stock uh, today which is Pilbara Minerals now as things stand share price is on course to smash the market this financial year any investors lucky enough to have bought these shares a year ago are on course to double their money but what should investors do now <laughs> buy hold or sell Adam what do you think well, we've been a buyer of Pilbara. I've sort of changed my tune a little bit from the start of the year where I was uh, talking that this one down a little bit. And certainly uh, in January, you can see that sort of spike and it was good to sort of move away from Pilbara. But at the moment, you just look, got to look at their cash and their cash is unbelievable. They've got about $2.8 billion in the cash uh, estimated for next year. And if you're going out on a five-year forecast on the cash and look, I've never seen a five-year forecast come true. So this is, you know, sort of got to take a bit of grain of salt here. But the the cash is looking like $14 billion or something like that. It's like ridiculous the amount of cash that this company is going to be spinning out over that time. So really, you know, you look at this one, um, it's, it's done so well. It's in a good jurisdiction, which is WA. So again, it's not Africa. It's not these far-flung places. You potentially could say that uh, Australia has a good, stable government, as well as then looking for resources as well in WA. They're very... Um, aware of what's going on there. So just on the cash alone, I think this is a buy. 
I think overall, you know, that sort of four, any any sort of thing below $5, I think it's fantastic. Uh, these guys know what they're doing. They're very, very good. And uh, we've been cycling out of mineral resources and we've been buying PLS. So mineral resources has come under fire uh, for some about three or four production downgrades on their lithium side of things. It's had a good run. We're, we're sort of taking some profits in min and putting it into PLS. So it's a buy from me. A buy. Adrian Bay, do you agree? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I tried not to agree with you, but with this one, <laughs> it is a buy. Uh, it is the best exposure, most leverage to the lithium upside, prices upside, and it's generating so much cash. Um, you know, but, but the thing is, so you you got to remember. So the long term um, outlook for lithium is very strong. Um, you know, we have we do have a couple months ago the share price went through volatile times, and then suddenly all the consensus analysts turned very negative, um, and that was. And, you know, China, I think in China had a Shanghai, uh, you know, I say like a different type of, uh, in no way in the current, te- with the current technology can compete uh, anywhere uh, what the lithium back iron provide you. So, you know, but there was a lot of fear then. So, you know, remember with, with this sector, because it's so new and it grew so fast, there's always volatility in, in that kind of share prices. So you will always have your buying opportunity. For me, I'm happy to buy. But if you see the share price pull back or any, um, you know, what, uh, any concern and things, that's definitely that's when you load up. Okay, so it's a double buy. You guys are agreeing on everything today. Yeah, maybe we are. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> uh, which is not the worst thing. Well, oh, that's right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the next one, uh, which is a Toys R Us, of course, an Australian-based retailer of toy baby hobby and lifestyle products. Uh, Jim Bay, what do you think of Toys R Us? Look, I just think it's really, really tough. I'm surprised this company is still listed. Um, I still remember the days when they had all the large, um, you know, the brand of the Disney and everything sell through the large merchandise to sell through Australia. With an exclusive sort of, um, you know, arrangement and relationship. Um, and, uh, and then I, you know, I still remember probably it was a decade ago, it almost was taken private. Mm. Not only... Is now, um, you know, and um, that. Uh, Jen, we just lost you again with the audio. Um, let me, I'll go to Adam and I'll come back to you. Hopefully, it will get a bit better um, because we really, really want to know what you have to say and it'd be a shame to lose it. Um, all right, let's go across to you, Adam, while we try and fix that audio. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Oh, look, Toys R Us. Uh, right, look, you. you. No is the answer. You look at the share price. They've just come out uh, this month and wanting to raise $8 million through an entitlement offer at 1.1 cent. Uh, You know, looking then to use some of those proceeds to buy some new stores in the UK, as well as then uh, getting sort of uh, across marketing and spend like that. It feels like that this company's just literally hanging on, you know, that picture with the cat, you know, just like <laughs> hanging in there trying to, trying to, uh, so I, yeah, I well, think. I was the same as June. I'm surprised it's actually still listed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, um, I don't, I don't think toy stock or toy stocks do really well in Australia. Mm-hmm. I just, I just think we, we sort of, we don't have the focus, you know, um, Hasbro and Maytel in the US, look, yeah. they're, they're big, they're a lot bigger and, and, and they, you know, they've, They've forged their way into the online market and all those kinds of things. Whereas here we're sort of talking bricks and mortar stores. Obviously, they've got an online presence. But, and, and look, it's a great brand as far as that. Like I think Toys R Us is a great brand. It, it, it holds something there. But yeah, you, you just don't need to be there. The, the, the dilution that the shareholders receive if they don't take up their entitlement offer is going to be huge. You know, you're raising $8 million at 1.1 cent. There's a lot of more stock, a lot more paper to come back onto this thing. And look, they will, they will you know, continue and potentially survive. But I, I think overall, um, you know, it feels like they're just hanging on and I just don't think you need to be there. So it's a definite sell It's a you. definite sell, and I think Jumbay will agree. Jumbay, do you agree it's a definite sell? Oh, do, oh. We, do we have Jumbay? We've lost her. Oh, oh yeah. there she is. Oh, can you hear me now? Yes. yes. We've got you. Okay. Yeah, it's a definite sell. Uh, look, th- I'm surprised this company is still listed, to be honest. Um, it has it have the strong brand. 
carry it through. It's competing with the discount department stores like Kmart, like, um, you know, Target. Uh, you know, they just don't have uh, now the pricing power to compete with those big boys um, and, the, the, and then to be able to generate a return. So it is very, very tough uh, for that business to sell. Double sell. <laughs> Here we go. This could be a record that we've had a double uh, agree. It's on everything. Um, all right. Double sell for Toys R Us. Let's move on to our next stock, which is Qantas. Picked by our viewer, Sandra. Um, Adam, tell us your thoughts on Qantas at the moment. This They never seem to stay out of the news yeah. every day. There's a Qantas Absolutely. story. Absolutely. There's Qantas. And, and you've got uh, Melbourne school holidays at the moment. So they, you know, they gave an update uh, to the market just, uh, I think it was yesterday or 27th of June. So a couple of days ago, they said that more than 4 million customers are expected to travel over the school holidays. But, you know, what's beautiful about this story is that they are doing what every other hotel, every other business is doing, Uber, they're doing price surging. So when certainly when times like school holidays, when there's peak periods, these guys are coming in and, and, and high prices. And guess what? Everybody's paying for it. Yeah. So, you know, it's just like petrol. It's just like... Um, you know, when petrol got over two or a dollar, showing my age here, got over a dollar, it didn't come back. When it got over two dollars, it's not going to come back. Air, air, airfares are supposed to come back, but it's uh, yeah, it's really um, understandably that they potentially don't uh, have, um, I guess, an issue with uh, you know, sort of bringing down prices and things like that. Um, the, the, certainly, it looks like one of those ones. Now, on on the other side of that is is that I don't think that uh, airline airlines as a business are very good businesses to invest in. They're asset heavy. Uh, they um, the, there's that many people that actually need to to you to talk to to get on a plane and to get you onto your destination. And then we're seeing lots of cancellations and we're seeing all these movements going forward as well. So while travel demand does remain strong and they are talking about, I guess one of the things that the market has sort of seen through is they've been doing this huge thing where they're saying, okay, we're getting a delivery of all these new beautiful planes, right? But the capex to get that get those planes moving and to get the new planes in is massive. So Alan Joyce has like done this to a T perfectly. He's moving away because there is going to be such a huge fiscal drag on Qantas's balance sheet to get these new airlines and get these new Boeing. So they've say, they've taken delivery of six new aircrafts at the start of 2023, but they are going to be retiring more and more of these older planes and that means capex has to rise which is very very difficult going forward for a business now if prices can stay high and what they're also doing is they're cancelling flights because these flights aren't full and so they're shuffling everybody i don't know if you've traveled yes. yeah and you got cancelled <laughs> yeah and you got cancelled and you're sitting there going oh well, how am i going to get home from melbourne or, or whatever but then they put you onto a later flight. And so they just bring everybody back and fill the plane. I mean, you mentioned about demand. There is a lot of speculation that travel demand will come off yes. and it's just a post-COVID boom. Yes. Um, but you're perhaps suggesting the prices aren't going to come down? No, I don't think so. I don't think that they will. Uh, like I said, like once, once it hits a price and people are willing to pay for it. But do you think then with, you know, cost of living and interest rates going up, people will be willing to pay for it. Yeah, so potentially that when there is, is that lag from when you book your holiday twelve correct, months out, correct, and then correct. For the next twelve months. And so people are just like, well, let's just book it because I know I've got to get my one year holiday or my holiday that yes. I have every year, and I've got to go to Europe to see the family, or I've got to do this. And so they do that price surging perfectly. They know around Christmas time everyone's going to be travelling. They know around Easter time that people are going to be travelling, and then they raise their prices. The corporate side of things hasn't really returned. So, you know, the business traveller hasn't. We saw that with corporate travel. It's it's languishing a little bit. Hello World's come out and potentially having more upgrades. They're sort of talking about further uh, upgrades to airlines, but also to their business. Flight Centre's been doing okay also. So, yes, I think you're right that that, that lag is going to happen. But, you know... Qantas makes all their money at the front end of the plane, right? Yeah. So if, if they can fill those business luxury seats or the first class or whatever, that, that pays for everything. And the rest is is just sort of cream. And so potentially they, they don't need to raise prices too much, but I think demand is always going to be there. But it's a very tough business for me. So I, I don't invest in any, any travel businesses, especially Qantas. Um, so for me, it's a sell. 
I, I just don't think you need to be there. Too much CapEx coming in the next three or five years, it's really going to drag on their balance sheet. And do you think the change in CEO will have much impact? I think, yes, I think it will. Mm. I think um, I think Anna Joyce has done a fantastic job and so he's really left at the right time. So I guess only time will tell yeah. to see how that all works. But she's got a hard job ahead of her. She certainly has a hard job. And it does make investors a bit nervous, doesn't it, when there's a change at the top like that, especially such a big, well-known company. Yeah, and always in the press. Yeah. So you, 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 you got, the microscope's going to be on you for the first six to 12 months. Any slip-up, everyone's going to look at it. So I think, you know, it, it's it. But only time will tell. Um, but, yeah, it's a sell for me. Yeah, interesting. And Alan Joyce manages the media so beautifully. Yes. yes. <laughs> it is a real, it's going to be a really tough gig. Yeah, Arjun Bay, what do you think about Qantas? Look, I think uh, I have to agree, Adam. Uh, this is a definite sell. Um, look, the company has had its best days in the last few years. Um, price gouging, uh, high demand. Um, you know, sort of revenge travel, you know, have all contributed to its profitability. Um, and to remember had all the staff cut uh, during the pandemic and, you know, really has added to its profit margin. It's done very well for the shareholders. Um, but now looking forward, next 12 months is going to be very, very hard. Um, you know, you've got the uh, Asian airlines now returning. Uh, so domestic flight, average ticket price already returned to pre-COVID level now. Uh, clearly holiday season is going to be a little bit hard, higher. Um, but um, outbound, um, now we started seeing cheaper prices every now and then. So um, as the Asian carrier coming in, providing more capacity um, and lower, increase the price competition. Um, and that's very good news for consumer, but not so good for Qantas. And there's billions of dollars um, in store to replace the aircraft in the next couple of years. Um, uh, consumer travel intention is falling somewhat. Um, leisure still holding up okay. But if we, based on you know what we have heard, sorry, my dog. Is, <laughs> hey, Grace, we That's right. What we have heard. Um, in the, um, you know, uh, on all the corporates letting go of people in terms of unemployment, next 12 months is not going to be, um, you know, uh, not going to be easy. Uh, corporates are cutting travel um, spending. Uh, in the US, we're already seeing that cut taking place. So, um, yeah, so the, the demand is maybe will not hold as much as we would hope. Um, and um, yeah, it's just, um, just it's a really, really tough environment for an airline. So I'm keen to chat to you more, although your dog might be keen to chat to you even more. Um, let's talk about what Adam said about prices and then possibly not coming back down. There's speculation travel demand is going to come off. Uh, what are your thoughts? Oh, have we got you there, Jumbei? We finally got your audio, so I wanted to keep chatting to you. Um, my question was, um, like Adam suggested, there is speculation travel demand is going to come off in 12 months, um, but he suggests prices aren't going to come down. Uh, what are your thoughts? Look, I think the prices already we're seeing some indication of coming off. But we are seeing that um, the, some of the Asian carriers now um, printing very much cheaper prices to from Australia to Europe and the like. So um, it's only a matter of time for those to come off. Um, and um, you know, I would place say between four and six months for that to take place. Uh, and um, you know, as a demand, as also the, um, the the travel demand weakens as well for the corporate side. As a consumer, let's hope so, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Australia's put a, a massive tourism campaign to China at yes, the moment. Yes, I saw that. Today. Yeah, so yeah. today. So they're, they're, they're starting that. Now, that, that could benefit uh, Qantas because they do a Sydney to Shanghai route daily. Okay, so that that's a positive. So maybe there is that sort of knock-on effect where we, you know, each t city in China is like the population of Australia. So, you know, if they can get... 10% of all of those visitors now starting to come back to Australia and do that. That's positive for something like Qantas. But Jumbo's right, it's mostly those Asian carriers that will be taking a lot of that uh, legwork or the brunt work going forward. And remember, the Sydney to Brisbane, a uh, Sydney to Melbourne flight is the second busiest route yes. in the world. Yes. Right? Crazy. Unbelievable, right? So every half an hour, there's a plane movement, planes moving in and out of the airports, traveling back and forward. So Qantas does really well on that domestic flight. It's an hour and a half flight. But everybody's still paying, well, we used to pay 80 bucks or whatever, but now it's 150 to sort of $200. 
and you have to pay it. You just got to get there one business or, or pleasure or going to see the MCG or go see some cricket or whatever. So yeah, I think the tourism side of things, if we can pick up the tourism side in Australia, that will definitely benefit Qantas. But it's such a capital intensive business that I just, yeah, I struggle with it. All right, let's move on to our last stock of the day, which is ComputerShare, and it's picked by our viewer, Oren. ComputerShare operates share registries, and of course, everyone's pretty much heard of it. Computer bureaus, including the administration of employee share and option plans. Junbei, what's your take on ComputerShare? Look, um, if you just follow earnings, I think the uh, the share, uh, share price, uh, well, there's a prospect of uh, between mid to high single digit earnings upgrades ahead of its results. Um, just given uh, what's been happening in terms of the yield curve uh, uh, over in the US. Now, uh, just to uh, as a reminder, this company is very much leveraged to uh, high, uh, the, the yield curve and uh, so high interest rate expectations. Um, high interest rate expectation is, does benefit this company, um, uh, you know, quite immediately. So, um, you know, this company's share price performance has been good in the last 12 months, but in the last six sort of have been languishing because it's uh, just simply because it's exposure to the high interest rate. Uh, it has been used as a macro stock. So if people expect the interest rate um, sort of to um, to peak uh, for, you know, in a, another 25 to 50 basis point, um, then uh, from then on, this company's earning will fall dramatically in the next 12 months if the interest rate doesn't keep going higher. So it's very difficult. It's a hold for now because I know the earnings upgrade is coming. But uh, in the next 12 months, the earnings outlook will deteriorate quite rapidly. Do you agree? Yeah, it's a tough one for me because I, I, I think that interest rates are going to be, as of as of early next year, starting to fall. So even though, and, and, and Jumbo is right, that earnings upgrade, the risk is to the upside on earnings. So that, that's positive for a business. You always want to buy... Uh, a business that's got earnings moving forward or higher earnings going forward because that means they're making more money. So that makes sense, yeah? All right. Um, however, how does com- uh, com- how does computer share actually make money, right? So they're very much about the share registry side of things and they've done a fantastic job of taking in, especially in the US, but taking paper-based certificates, which is what it was trading five years ago in the US to make it all online now. So the huge disruptor uh, inside the US market and, and, and what they do going forward. However, how do they make their money? So it's on cash that's held in there with dividends, uh, you know, contracts for buying and selling, all those kinds of things. But they make a lot of money on corporate activity. And corporate activity has been absolutely dead for the last... And we've, in fact, we've got one new IPO coming out on... Uh, next Monday, uh, Redox, Redox, um, which is going to be one of the biggest floats this year because there's just been nothing going on. So, so I think corporate side of things has been absolutely disseminate uh, lower. So this is going to struggle. Computer share will um, will struggle on those side of things to make money. But how they make money in higher interest rates is they hold a lot of dividends. They hold a lot of money for clients. And they have to put that somewhere, so they put that in interest-bearing bonds. And as interest rates rise, they make more money. And so it's a perfect storm for computer share at the moment as we continue to see more uh, higher interest rates around the world. So, yeah, so I, I'm, I'm undecided because it's certainly not a buy at these levels, but you'd be silly to be selling it when we know that there's earnings upgrades coming through, just like Jumbo said. So... I'm going to have to agree with her again, um, and uh, put that on a, on a hold. And you wait for that light for that next report or those earnings uh, looking more resilient, and then you would uh, be basically looking to take a position out of that. And maybe that's a twenty-five dollar, twenty-six dollar somewhere in there. I think it got up to about twenty-eight on its highs. So you know, potentially somewhere around there, you'd be looking to sort of trim your position on it. So it's a hold. It's All a hold. Right. That was a long-winded way of saying hold. But, <laughs> no, yeah. it was a great-winded way. Let's do it. Let's summarise our final five stocks today. Now, Westpac, we had uh, June said a hold. We're heading towards a recession, a high dividend yield. Adam also said a hold. Cost of technology prefers Macquarie and CBA. ANZ, the third fa- favourite, and Westpac and NAB last. That is something that June Bay did disagree with, but that's go. what we're here there for. But go. they were both holds on Westpac. Pilbara Minerals, uh, June Bay said a buy, generating so much cash. The outlook is strong. There's always going to be volatility. Adam also said a buy. Looking at their cash is around $14 billion. It's a good jurisdiction being WA. In your life. 
five years from five, now. Five years from now. Yeah, yes, so, so let's be clear. Careful. That yep. One, yep. Yep. Uh, Toys R Us, uh, Jumbay, sell. Surprise, the company is still listed. Competed with Kmart and Target. Adam also says it's a sell. Qantas, uh, Jumbay and Adam both said definite sell, even though travel demand remains strong. There's, there's the planes. It's a very expensive business. And computer share, uh, Jumbay and Adam both said a hold as well. So it's a little a bit agreeance in that. Um, before we go, Adam and Jumbay, I'm going to put you on the spot out of the 10 or 11 stocks we talked about yeah. today. What's your pick and why? I pick out of all of them. I'm going to go with next gen on the uranium side. I think the uranium sector is definitely looking like it will continue to gain traction. And, you know, we've got this green overall wash that needs to happen. And uranium has always been out in the cold. And for for now, sort of 20 years, it's been a, it's been a horrible investment. But it really feels like it's starting to turn the corner. And technology is starting to move forward so that we're, that governments are going to be feeling a lot more safer about turning some of those reactors back on to provide clean energy for the public. So, yes, wind farms are good, solar farms are good, but nuclear is absolutely, it will run day or night, no wind, no sun, it will run and it is clean. So uh, next gen would be my number one pick out of the list. Uh, Junbei, out of that list, what is your pick today and why? Oh, my- have to disagree there. So for me, it will be the um, Pilbara, um, the PLS. Um, so for me, is uh, you know the, the company is generating so much cash, um, and uh, we can see the long runway for the demand of lithium. We talked about potentially there's a few other uh, competing battery technology, but it's nowhere near as the um, the lithium ion battery can offer in terms of power and distance. So um, you know I do think that's a really um, you know it's got a very long runway, and at the same time you are generating a a lot of cash flow, uh, whether they come back, some of it will come back to the shareholder and some some of it may come, go to towards the M&A. So, you know, in, in, in a couple of years' time, this company certainly will be a whole lot larger. Finally, you didn't agree on something. There you go. <laughs> Told you. <laughs> uh, it has been a great show. Just a quick programming note for you. Our next virtual investor event is coming up on the 4th of July, hosted by our very own Logan Roy. That is, of course, Koshi. Even if you're not a billionaire media baron, it's worth joining this one. Adam's cracking up here. It's a great graphic. What are you talking about? He looks fantastic. <laughs> it's worth joining. We're going to dig into the most common mistakes people make when transferring wealth to the next generation. We'll be looking at estate planning, tax structures, family offices, business transfers and philanthropy, plus plenty of opportunities to have your questions answered. If you subscribe to our emails, and you should, you'll find all the details in an invitation or just head to osbiz.co forward slash succession. You've got to love that. A big thank you to Adam from Shaw and partners today and Jumbay from Tribeca. It has been great to have you. A few audio issues with you, Jumbay, but still great to talk to you as always. We got there in the end. Uh, that is our show for today. Any stocks you'd like to have us cover, go to osbiz.co forward slash or tweet us at osbiztv. I'm Amber Sherlock. Can't wait to see you next time. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.